The truth often lands in the middle of two extremes, and that's no exception for the New Orleans Saints. While they might not have lost their locker room in 2023, it's clear that things didn't go as cleanly as they'd hoped. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, credential media member covering your New Orleans Saints as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're going to be taking a look at three big storylines for New Orleans. Where did the New Orleans Saints draft in? The 2024 NFL Draft, where they select and who could possibly be there. We'll take a look at that. We're also going to take a look at the impact of play action for the New Orleans Saints. Big difference between the first 12 games and the last five, as you might imagine, regardless of opponent or level of opponent. And to kick everything off, we're going to answer the question, did the New Orleans Saints lose the locker room in 2023? I'm going to tell you why they didn't lose the locker room, but doesn't mean that everything was all flowers, rainbows, and cotton candy clouds either, right? So we're going to get to all of that on today's episode. Appreciate you very much for being an everydayer and for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. Empower yourself with the purchase of the new Jace case, which will give you five different antibiotics that will fight 50 or more different infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. And use the promo code locked on to get $20 off of your order. That's J A S E medical.com. Tell you more about them in a little bit. I want to kick off today's episode with the question that a lot of folks have been curious about all throughout the season Did the New Orleans Saints lose the locker room? The plain and simple answer for 2023 is that the answer is no. But does that mean that they maintained 100% of the locker room? The answer to that, also no, or at least seemingly so. Jeff Duncan over at NOLA.com, as well as some of the things we've seen around the organization as well, uh, letting us in on, on a little bit about what it is that the New Orleans Saints are kind of preaching going into this 2024 offseason and what it is that the New Orleans Saints want to uh, kind of convey to their team, which is effectively buy in or see yourself out, or you know they'll see you out if necessary. And so that kind of ties together with a lot of the narratives that have been coming up. I did a whole rant about the Marshawn Lattimore narrative and how all of a sudden, now that they redid his contract, all of a sudden you were going to start hearing all these negative things about him. Booyah, happened. Just like we expected that it was going to happen. Of course, Michael Thomas was a big part of all of the, um, you know, with his contract being readjusted last year, that seemed like he wasn't going to be around. But those two sort of being the targets of a lot of scrutiny across several different media members, across fan base, you know, however it is that you want to look at it. Whether some of it is warranted, whether it's not, again, things always seem to fall in the middle when it comes to reality. And the same thing goes for this question. Are things lost in the New Orleans Saints locker room? Absolutely not. I talked to several different players who were on one-year deals going into this season who expressed that they, or or at least on expiring deals coming out of the season, and every single one of them expressed to me a desire that they want to return to New Orleans in 2024. So something is working in terms of the culture. And Jeff Duncan putting out 
a you know, report around how the Saints, after their team meeting uh, on Monday, Mickey Loomis addressed the team as well, kind of players only, sort of pitching them what the vision is moving forward and effectively trying to you know gauge who's buying in, who wants to see their way out, all these other things. And that effectively or, or apparently the message was received positively coming out of all that, which might explain the positive nature that I received when I asked questions about, hey, what are you thinking about this offseason? Things like that to certain players. Uh, but it's clear that New Orleans Saints didn't lose the locker room, but it, it's clear that they did or do have some fracturing going on, right? And I mean, look, I think a lot of people are using the, you know, Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints offense getting Jamal Williams a touchdown at the end of that game against the Atlanta Falcons when the Saints coaching staff wanted to kneel the game out and all these other things as evidence that the Saints lost the locker room. I don't equate those two as a direct, you lost the locker room. I think the players wanted to do a good thing for a good dude. Like, honestly, and I've seen some people that are questioning, well, why would they go out there and do that for Jamal Williams? What has he done? He's a one-year guy that I didn't get to do a ton during the 2023 season. It's the fact that he didn't get to do a ton. And it doesn't take long to have an impact on somebody's life. And Jamal Williams and his personality is the type of dude that quickly has an impact on your life. Guys love him. I enjoyed being able to work with him all season. I hope he's back next season just for the sake of getting to work with him again. I mean, he's a good dude and he led the NFL in touchdowns in 2022, came here to the New Orleans Saints with the goal of expanding that number or meeting that number again. And he walked away, almost walked away with zero touchdowns in 2023. The team wanted him to have a touchdown because they gave a crap about him. It's that simple, right? So I don't have a problem with what the Saints players did. I also don't necessarily have a problem with the Saints themselves wanting to kneel the ball out, although I think they should have gone out there and gone straight up and said, okay, we want to go and get Jamal Williams' touchdown. I think everybody should have been in concert on that. Think, yeah, run the score up on a rival. <laughs> Who cares? Like, that's what a rival game's for and everything. But anyway, I've, I've been promising that I would give my thoughts on that. So there's my thoughts on that. But I, I really think that, like, when you look at where the Saints are, there are definitely some problems when it comes to their uh, when it comes to their roster and when it comes to sort of the culture of this team and who's buying in and who's not. Now, who those players are, we'll be able to kind of determine based upon who departs over the course of this offseason. You're getting some early glimpses, at least at who they want you to believe that those players are. Michael Thomas, Marshawn Lattimore continue to be targets of that kind of conversation. Uh, but there might could be other players as well. So we'll see what happens and what the attrition looks like for the Saints and stuff like that. But it's clear that this is a situation to where the Saints are trying to figure out who's buying in, who's not buying in, and they want to move forward with the guys that are buying in. I won't go so far as to say that the Saints lost the locker room, but there's definitely some fracturing that has happened or did happen or is happening. I guess you can't really say is happening anymore since the season's over. But clearly, there are some things there. When you hear the coach coming out and talking about, you know, changing the culture, you hear the general managers, you know, challenging players about who's going to buy in, who's not effectively and things like that, trying to pitch the vision for the future and everything like that tends to tell a story like you can fill in the blanks like you're, you're not dumb by any means, right? Like you see those things pull come together and you can kind of piece together all the things that happen from point A to point C, you can fill in B. So clearly. There are some things that didn't go as planned for the New Orleans Saints. And there were some players that maybe didn't buy in the way that the Saints wanted them to. And that might lead to them no longer being New Orleans Saints in 2024. Again, we'll figure out who those players are sooner rather than later or soon enough, I guess I'll say, 
because you'll see the attrition over the course of the offseason. But if you look at the type of player that Dennis Allen has continuously brought in, Tyron Matthew, Derek Carr, uh, adding, you know, even guys that maybe might not be household names like Max Garcia and Cameron Irving, you can see what the culture is that they want. I don't know where John Gruden fits into all of it, but you can see the culture that they want. They want a culture of guys that are kind of come in and be positive and keep their head down and put the work in and kind of do the things that you need to do in order to continue to improve. This is Dennis Allen's last chance. Most head coaches don't get opportunities beyond a second head coaching opportunity uh, outside of a few select uh, situations, right? Like Sean could probably get another opportunity post-Denver. Bill Belichick is going to get another opportunity post-New England, but it's because of what he did in New England that he's going to earn that opportunity elsewhere if he decides to leave New England and all these other things. But for the most part, two teams, and if you didn't win anything, that's kind of it for you and everything. So this is a big year for Dennis Allen and a big year for the New Orleans Saints, who otherwise might have to turn around after 2024 going into 2025 and actually starting to consider, is this when the team chooses to blow things up? Take the hit on the salary cap, recoup, revamp, and then get started in 2026 with their new future. Sort of like what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just did this past year. So look, this is a big year, and that's one of the reasons why they're starting to kind of call out all of these things and starting to call out all of these things as well. So did the New Orleans Saints lose a locker room in 2023? No, but they might have lost a player or two. We'll figure that out over the course of the offseason. Coming up next, I want to take a look at the impact of play action because it made a massive impact for quarterback Derek Carr in the latter portion of the season. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Things can be really, really complex right now and complicated when it comes to antibiotics and making sure that you've got your medication and all these things, even down to stuff like amoxicillin and things like that. I mean, right in the middle of this big flu season and everything, of course, now is the time that you want to make sure that you are prepared. And it's never been easier to be prepared than right now, thanks to Jace Medical. Right now, you can head over to Jace Medical and check out the Jace case, which is going to get you five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial infections, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, uh, skin infections, among many others, things that can happen to any of us anytime. So might as well be prepared, right? And that's where Jace Medical can help you out. Visit Jace Medical, complete your physician encounter to be reviewed by a board certified physician, and then your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. How cool is that? It's never been easier to be more prepared than today. Head over to jacemedical.com and use the promo code locked on for $20 off of your purchase. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is where daily fantasy is made easy. It's the easiest and most fun way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you versus the house. Prize Picks gives you projections based upon what it is that they think certain players, certain teams are going to do in their upcoming matchups. All you have to do is choose more or less on two to six players, and you can win up to 25 times your entry back. It doesn't get any better than prize picks where you can even combine different sports. So you can take LeBron James and you can take tight end uh, Kelsey, uh, Travis Kelsey, almost said Kelsey Grammer, Travis Kelsey. You can put them together, 10 and a half, three pointers made plus receptions more or less. And there you go. There's your entry. Super, super fun stuff over at prize picks. So go and check them out today. 
prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Promo code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Want to take a look at the impact of play action for uh, Derek Carr in particular, kind of for the New Orleans Saints as a whole, right? Your team goes the way of your quarterback and the implementation of play action was much heavier in the latter sort of portion of the season. And it was much more successful, therefore, in the latter portion of the season as well. So it's going to be kind of our first introduction to this concept and then we're going to break it down further add in you know what did the rushing stats look like and how did that complement things and stuff so this is going to be kind of a a serial sort of moment that we're going to go through each week and kind of check in on play action check in on motion stuff like that as we're talking about maybe modernizing this offense a little bit here in new orleans appreciate you as always making locked on saints your first listen of the day every day don't forget to go and check out the locked on sports today 24-7 YouTube stream, the first of its kind on YouTube when it comes to national sports streams. Go and check it out. Subscribe to Locked On Sports today, today on YouTube. All right, so let's take a look at just the way that I want to break this down is kind of the first 12 games of the season and the last five games of the season. Because the last five games of the season, you can see that play action was much more present in the offense and it was much more effective in the offense. Now, I want to speak to a effectiveness real quick and efficiency real quick because oftentimes when I like mention these kinds of things and stuff like that people say okay well who were the opponents though okay so to to kind of get that out of the way right now three of the opponents that the Saints played in the last five games they also played in the first 12 games um the teams that they played at the end of the season were just as bad as the teams that they played in the first 12 games of the season New Orleans Saints had one of the easiest schedules in the entire league and probably the only good team that they actually played all season was the Detroit Lions. So when we look at this, what I'm looking at is, you know, how did the Saints change a tendency? How did the Saints evolve their offense? I don't really care about the opponent that was across from them because it's not really what we're looking at. It's not really what we're evaluating at the moment. What we're evaluating is, did the New Orleans Saints learn from their mistakes early on in the season by not incorporating play action by then incorporating play action later on and seeing the benefits of it. And how does that potentially carry over into 2024 as this team should be looking to do some really, really, really important work and hopefully impactful work on the offense going into 2024. So that's, I just want to kind of get that out of the way. Some people get really, really fixated on who the opponents were. I don't care. It doesn't matter. The Saints played a bad schedule. They were bad against part of that bad schedule, and they were good against part of that bad schedule. They played the same level of opponent, bad, all season. So when we look at this, you're looking at this really across the same level of opponent, whether you're talking about success or failure. It's just as much a condemnation of it all or an indictment of the Saints that they struggled early against a bad offense or bad defenses, bad teams. And it's just as much something to look at about how they were more successful against bad teams later on in the year. So I just want to get that out of the way. Now let's get to the numbers. So I don't want to overload with a, with, with, with a bunch of numbers. I shared every number with our Locked on Saints insiders, which you can join by texting Houdat to 504-285-7473. Try it out for 14 days. Stick around if you like it. Otherwise, you can dip. No big deal. Uh, but if you want like the numbers and then we'll do some film study and drawing on the screen and telestrating and all that kind of stuff, all of that will be over with the Locked On Saints insiders. But here, I want to just give you kind of the broad strokes that so that things don't get too confusing. 
When it comes to what the Saints did better over the course of the last five games versus the first 12 when it came to play action, there are three numbers that I think tell the entire story. The first of which is that the Saints completed 17 or Derek Carr was 17% more efficient when it came to completion percentage in the last five games than he was over the course of the first 12 games. Okay. The reason why I highlight this is because this isn't a per pass type of situation. This isn't you know, oh, well, he threw more in this game than that game. No, no, no. He, he was more accurate. Play action worked a lot more efficiently, all of that over the course of the last five games, as opposed to the first 12 games. You also saw uh, the passer rating on average tick up by over 50 points, 77.4 versus 127.8, 50 point difference there in terms of the swing first 12 versus last five. So you saw the efficiency go up. You saw the scoring go up. You saw the passer rating go up. Four touchdowns, no interceptions in on play action passes in the last five games. Zero touchdowns to one interception over the course of the first 12 games. See the difference there? The Saints put points on the board. They were more efficient. They were more. Uh, they were able to complete more passes. They were able to move the ball a lot more effectively, a lot more efficiently, efficiently using play action. So those are the three big numbers that I think you look at when it comes to efficiency and success. The other thing is, did they change the trend? Did they fix their mistakes of not utilizing play action early on and for the majority of the season by using play action more in the latter quarter of the season, we'll call it. I know it's not perfect quarters anymore since there's 17 games, but you get what I'm saying. And the answer to that is demonstrably yes. Um, 4.3 play action dropbacks per game for the first 12 games, 7.2 play action dropbacks per game in the last five. Five, eight, nine, seven, and seven going from weeks 14 to weeks to week 18. And I think they could do more. I really, really think they could do they could do more and should be doing more. Like that's the other piece to all of this is that the like the most, the highest usage of play action in 2023 was in week 16, a game that they lost, by the way, to the Los Angeles Rams, when they ran nine play action dropbacks. In that game, Derek Carr went eight of nine, that's an 88.9% completion percentage, 148 yards and a touchdown, with a 155.8 passer rating on those plays. And that was in the loss. See what I'm saying? And so I think that the Saints, here's what I'll say, because I don't know that the Saints will fix the problem moving forward, but I think right now the Saints have an undeniable amount of information for them to turn their nose up at of including, of the value of including play action in their offense. That's what I think this is. That's what I think the story of this season shows is that there's no excuse not to have more play action in 2024. There was no excuse to spend a ton of time in 2023 without play action. They had one game in the first 12 that had eight or more, one other game or two games total of seven or more uh, play action dropbacks in the first 12 games. First 12 games. So it took them forever to figure that out. And actually, you can say first 13 games in that case because there were only five in their week 14 matchup. So when I look at where the Saints are, I don't know that they're a team that has solved the problem, but I do think that they're a team that now has the data, that has the information, because they can see the same thing that I'm looking at here, right? And more. 
And there is no excuse to not have more of this in their offense going into 2024. What I want to do next is take a look at the run game from weeks one through uh, 13, right? The first 12 games, including the bye week there. And in weeks 14 through, through 18, the last five games, and see, was the run game more efficient in the last five games? Did they run the ball more in the last five games? And that's what made play action a lot more effective and a lot more usable? Or was there something else that they went through? Because I do want to look at game situation, how the game situations might have impacted uh, this stat as well. We'll get to that next week. Coming up next, though, as we now know that the New Orleans Saints need more play action in their offense, I want to look ahead a little bit to the NFL draft in 2024. Who will the New Orleans Saints have available to them where they select in the 2024 NFL draft and what should they be targeting? We're going to get to that as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Put a Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp Therapy Online has been awesome for me. I think it'd be awesome for you too. As we get to the beginning of a year like this, we always kind of lean in on those New Year's resolutions. How do I change myself, right? We're always looking for drastic ways to improve ourselves and things like that. But stop for a second and ask yourself, what are the things that you already do well? Where are you already crushing it? What about what can you build upon as opposed to what do you need to change? Maybe you're already you know, getting up earlier in the morning, getting some work done, right? getting workouts in in the morning and things like that. Where are you already doing a good job for yourself and how do you continue to build upon that? Find those strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and instead make changes that really, really stick. So come and celebrate your progress that you've already made over at BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on. You're gonna get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on betterhelp.com slash locked on for $10 off your first month. Let's get it. Who that nation wrapping up today's episode of locked on saints with a look at where the new Orleans saints are drafting in the first round of the 2024 NFL draft. And who are some of the prospects that would make sense for them that are expected to kind of be in that cloud of selections? We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of locked on saints. We're also gonna be taking a look in tomorrow's episode, a little bit more about play action. Take a look at what it is that the New Orleans Saints can do to improve their offense. And we'll dive a little bit into if the New Orleans Saints do bring on John Gruden, what exactly would he bring to the team? We're going to dive into all of that in tomorrow's Thursday episode of Locked on Saints. Since there's no more crossover Thursdays here for Locked on Saints now that the Saints season is over. But hey, gives us an opportunity to get into all the cool, fun offseason stuff. So let's take a look now at where the Saints draft in this NFL draft and what they can expect to kind of be around, at least at this point, right? We know how the NFL draft process goes. We had Trey Wingo on the show not too long ago, and he talked all about how like the draft industrial complex, right? Senior Bowl, uh, the combine, all this other stuff. It's going to pro days. It's going to change everything that we know about the NFL draft. People, players that we don't think going in the first round right now, we're going to think of surefire first rounders in four months. The players that four months, three months, if the you know players that we think are first rounders right now aren't going to be first rounders at all by the time the NFL draft is over, no one knows. Everybody tells you that they do. They're lying to you. So let's take a look at who might be around where the New Orleans Saints select. So the Saints select at pick 14 in the NFL draft right now. And then because Denver fell to eight and nine, the Saints will also get a top half second round pick as well that should hover around 30, it should hover around whether that be 44 or something like that. So they're going to be in pretty good position there in the second round too. But I want to focus on the first round here. So 
just looking at kind of the cloud of players that could be around for the Saints in the draft, you know that offensive line and defensive line are going to be big focuses for the New Orleans Saints. Surprise, surprise, the Saints don't have any intent on changing their prototype, but are interested at least in expanding it, maybe adding some of those speed rush ability type players around. I think that Cade Nellis has taught you that that's a value. Zach Vaughn has taught you now that that's a value. So hopefully the Saints learn from that a little bit, but they'll still stick with their big body prototype. So uh, there's a couple of guys in the first round that uh, make a lot of sense for New Orleans on both sides of the football. When it comes to that edge rusher build, a guy like Jared Verse, the Florida State edge rusher, obviously is one of those guys that's going to be out there in that conversation. Six foot four, 260 will be easy to add on to that frame. Another guy that I really like and who I think is the most clean and polished pass rusher in this class is six foot five, 264 UCLA defensive and Leatu Latu. He's a guy that I like a ton. 94.2 pass rushing grade from a pro football focus, but beyond that, 15 sacks in 2023, 12 sacks in 2022, um, gets a ton of hurries as well, has spent a lot of time in backfields uh, over in the Pac-12 and has played incredibly good football and has a really solid pass rush win rate, which is just a metric that measures how often maybe you don't get to the quarterback, but at least win against your blocker nearly 25% of the time for Leatu Latu going into or in, in, in the 2023 season. That's pretty outstanding. And he's a decent run defender as well. So I think that he is a guy that I really, really like if the New Orleans Saints wanted to go defensive end. He's one of those pieces that is very polished, that's very put together, has pass rusher moves. He's not as raw a project as we've seen the Saints invest in in the first round in, you know, in, in previous years, all of that. So there's a couple of spots where the Saints could go there. When it comes to defensive end, I'm starting off there, not because I necessarily think that that's where the Saints should start, right? Basically, it's effectively based on their hit rate when it comes to defensive ends that they draft and all that as of late. Uh, but we know that that's one of their favorite positions to go in the first round, so we might as well start there. Another spot where I think the Saints are going to need some help is going to be at tackle. Who is the starting left tackle in 2024? Will Trevor Penning be ready? The Saints keep talking about developing him and needing to develop him, but not being able to get him out on the field, how do you develop him if you can't get him out on the field, right? And if you don't trust him to be out on the field. So at what point do they kind of maybe look at changing his position? At what point do they maybe say, okay, well, we spent a first round pick on a reserve guy or on a bench guy. And that's just kind of what that is and kind of bite that bullet and move on. I don't think you can wait very long on that, especially in a situation where you're about to lose the guy that prob probably, probably lose the guy that started a ton of games for yet left tackle this year in Andrews Pete, right? So I think that tackle is a place where you can go. We still don't know what's going to happen with Ryan Ramchick over the course of this season as well. The right tackle who's dealing with that degenerative knee issue and he's, you know, about potential surgery. And there's, you know, some question marks about whether his career is potentially over and all that. Like there's a lot going on for the Saints when it comes to their bookends over on the offensive line. So I think that looking at the defensive, or excuse me, looking at the, yeah, looking at the defensive edges makes sense, but looking at the edges on offense makes a ton of sense in the first round as well. So a guy that I really like coming out of Oregon State is uh, Talisa Fuaga, a guy that is just a quintessential tackle for you in uh, in terms of an NFL prospect. Six foot six, 334 pounds, um, played uh, a lot more right tackle, has played a ton of right tackle throughout his career as opposed to left tackle. So he's a guy that you look at if he's somebody that you need to throw in in place of Ryan Ramchick. Or maybe you finally look at if Ryan Ramchick's good to go, look at moving him back to left tackle if you need to. I say back to because that's what he played in his college days at, at Wisconsin and then start a guy like uh, Fuaga at right tackle in his place. Um, 
He allowed uh, no sacks throughout his last three years, 2021, 2022, or 2023. Uh, in 2022, 2023, he played a total of 25 games, no pressures allowed or no sacks allowed, uh, did allow seven hits and then did allow 19 hurries, but you'll take those. Um, that's a pretty good situation to be in his, um, you know, he blocks really well in gap scheme blocks really well in, in zone scheme and the run game as well. So he's got some versatility there, uh, and he's got some good athleticism and some good speed. And I think that that's something that the New Orleans Saints absolutely need when it comes to uh, adding to their offensive line. You need athleticism, you need speed, especially as you're trying to find ways to be able to bolster the that sort of athletic run game that you want back. And you saw Kendra Miller, week 18, going out there after missing several games and being able to show you that, hey, he's got that athleticism, he's got, he's got that breakaway stuff to where you'd love to get those offensive linemen to the second level, paving the way for him and his breakaway speed. I think Alvin Kamara still has that gear as well. So I, I think adding athleticism to the offensive line is something the New Orleans Saints absolutely should be interested in. Uh, a couple of other guys to pay attention to as well over the course of the draft process, J.C. Uh, JC Latham out of uh, Alabama, another offensive lineman. He's another, you know, big guy, just kind of a quintessential dude, six foot six, 335 pounds, uh, allowed two sacks in 2023, but zero in 2021 and 2022. So you might consider that a step down, but you know, look, you're playing in the SEC versus not right playing in the what was left of the Pac-12 this season and everything. So there's a lot of different ways that the Saints can go, whether they want to surprise or whether they want to be safe. They're going to have a lot at their disposal uh, with that 14th overall selection. All right, y'all, appreciate you very much for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out Locked on Pelicans, Locked on LSU as well. Support the rest of Locked on Louisiana here on the Locked on Podcast Network. I appreciate you very much for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.